You're listening to the Birdie Dad podcast. They can't make a birdie, but they can dad. And now your hosts, Jared, Brian, and Trevor. All right, this week, let's get into dad talk. How to let things go. And I'm not talking about the Frozen song. So I came home this week and I was tired. I walked in the door and it's like five o'clock. My daughter, who's two, two and a half now, and she's on her Google. It's one of those tablet Google devices. And she's watching Peppa Pig, you know, loves the Peppa Pig, all those quality programs you find on YouTube. And I don't know why, but I get this feeling I'm an, and I ask her to turn it off and she just melts, just breaks down crying. Mm, yes. Mid-episode, Jared? Is yeah, that what you did? Yeah, oh, no that's warning. That's your mistake. No yeah. warning. So, and it wasn't like just crying. It was screaming, actually. And my wife was cooking two meals, one for her, one for us, and kids screaming, dogs taking toys, running off, chewing on the toys. It, this is like a typical night for me. Chaos. So, I stop and I have this moment of clarity and I ask you guys, what do you let go of? I mean... What do you just step back and say, I'm not going to fight that right now as a dad? Brian, you're probably closer to, to the meltdown than I am. So why don't you take this one? Yeah, I have a hard time with this, Jared. Because I mean, I'm, I'm right in the middle of it too, man. I, I have meltdowns all the time. So I have no like hindsight perspective yet. I think uh, it's a hard one to let go when the meltdown starts. Because you're reasonable. You're an adult. They're not. <laughs> They're emotional uh, beans right now. So I, I think letting go, I mean, you just gotta, you gotta let them have their tantrum. I think, I, th- I think that's, that's the one thing I've learned from everything I've read and everything I've seen on, I've watched super nanny a couple of times. And that's, that's basically what you gotta do. You gotta put them in a safe space. They're not going to hurt themselves and let them have the tantrum. Just let, just like, let them go. Let, let them yeah, go. Let yeah. Let, let that go. Don't try to calm them down. Just let them get it out. Cause that's the emotion they're feeling at the moment. It's going to be gone in 30 seconds and they're going to move on and then you can have a conversation. But I think you just let them have the meltdown. Yeah, but Trevor, your girls are older. They're not tantrums, but there's still some stuff you may just have to step back and let go of. Yeah, I think the hard part for me is like, you know, when you kind of do the quick, like turn it off, right? And you've already said, you know, you've made an ultimatum pretty much like turn it off, you know, or you're going to lose it for good, you know, and they lose and they lose it themselves. So then you're already committed, right? And you don't want to, you know, go back on not giving up on that. That little task, as bad as it may seem, it may be, you know, a little like keeping a little toy from them or just like, as you said, Peppa Pig. But once you're committed, you're committed and you're in for it. Whether it's a two hours <laughs> kicking and screaming fest or a biting fest, you know, you're in it. And that's the hard part is because you, you know it's going there and you just don't want to commit that two hours. But at that point, I feel like you have to, right? So... Mm-hmm. Uh, I can remember a time when my oldest daughter was, you know, three or four and I can't, I, I can't remember exactly what we argued about, but it was kind of quick. I was just like, okay, we're gotta go. Let's do this. And she just absolutely melted and we had to be somewhere and she was just kicking and screaming and just like bite my ankles. I mean, it was, it was a tantrum <laughs> of all tantrums. And, uh, I remember just grabbing her and just saying, I love you, Taylor, but we're going to stay here. And I put her in this little like rocking chair that has, it's pretty padded. And uh, I just sat there in front of her and just told her I loved her and just let her scream and kick. And I just sat there until she was done. <laughs> and it honestly took like 25, 30 minutes. <laughs> and 
finally she just got, I think she just got tired of screaming and crying. And, <laughs> Trevor, and, that, that story reminds me of the scene in Good Will Hunting where Robin oh, Williams goes to uh, what's the Matt Damon's character and it's just like, it's not your fault. And he's just sitting there hitting him and he's like, it's not your fault. It just keeps repeating. It's not your oh, fault. Oh man, that's a great scene. Oh, I forgot about <laughs> that. That's a great yeah. scene. Yeah. Yeah, I guess right. that describes it perfectly. Yeah, I was just there just telling her how much I love her and then I just kind of would be quiet until she was done. I just let her know like, you know, it's it's not. This isn't a big deal. You know. Maybe you're telling me, Brian, it's not my fault. Maybe I should not have asked to put the <laughs> yeah. Google away. Uh, right. Maybe I'm wrong. You know, I mean, Google for 20 minutes is it that big of a deal? So my wife can cook. I mean, that's the part where I, I don't know. I, I, I'm with you. I'm with you, Jared. I think it's I think it's the first kid versus second kid perspective as well. Like I'm on the second kid, and to be honest. Peppa Pig is like I'll turn Peppa Pig on while we're cooking dinner just to like have a chance to talk to my wife and just be like all right you guys both of you go watch and zone out for like 20 minutes but they're in school all day so I figure you know they're getting their you know their their minds worked all day like they can veg out for 20 minutes and then we get some peace to like catch up and I don't know. Maybe that's where yeah. you let go. You know, well, it's, it's a screen time thing, right? You know? Yeah, we're not a tech-free family. We never said, like, we're going to draw the line that no one's going to be on a phone. I, I, and that's not us. Mm-hmm. We're not there. I would say, I would say, I don't know, looking back, I would say I got the best results if I kind of gave a warning all the time. Never just, I always got the worst yes. results if I just grabbed something and didn't give any explanation because kids' minds can't change like that, you know, from go to no, you know, and so I always, like, kind of lead up to it and then it, it sometimes doesn't work, but you know, I think that's when I get my best results anyway. So, and Jared, you're in a good, you're in a good spot too. Like, like your daughter can't tell time. She can't read a clock yet. So you can give <laughs> yeah. the 10 minute warning 30 seconds later, you can give the five minute warning. And then 30 seconds after that, you can give the, all right, time's up. And that's then true. it's really only a minute. Now you that's got, very you got true, to work with, I've, so. I've pulled that trick a few times. The five minutes down to 30 seconds works really well. <laughs> it yeah. does. Enjoy so think, well, it <laughs> Yeah. And I want to, you bring up school. I want to get into that because it's like, what do you hang on to? What do you let go of? I mean, my wife and I are in education and we see kids every day where teachers, you just got to let go of some things. I mean, you notice a kid sleeping at the computer, you, you just kind of let it go. You just, you're not going to fight that right now. I, I'm, I don't know if you caught your girls sleeping at the computer yet, but <laughs> that happens at distance learning. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, you find her doing some, some like, separate game on a different, you know, different program, you know, when she's supposed to be doing something else. But, uh, yeah, I let it go. I mean, I, I, as long as she's kind of hitting all of her points for each, you know, project and each week and she's got everything checked off, then I'll let her, you know, let her slide a little bit, but it's, it's the COVID slide for sure this year. I mean, I'm, I'm letting yeah. her get away with more than I probably should. Right. I mean, kids are going to need an adjustment back. You know, like they're, they're know that they can't get away with everything forever. So right now it's Peppa Pig and maybe it's sleeping at the computer or missing some assignments. And Brian, you're kind of right in the middle. I mean, your, your boys are, are right there, but I, I like what you're saying. Give them the warning. Don't go straight mm-hmm. to the no and take it away. Yeah. It works with, with everything like bath time. You give them the warning. Um, Trevor's right. And like the warning is key. If that's the one thing you take away from this episode, Jared, it's, it's learn the warning. That's it. Yeah. And I'd I'd say, um, our first grade teacher is doing a great job of kind of prepping both kids and parents for going back because they're supposed to go all in, in two weeks, um, K through three. And so their teacher has kind of basically gently said to all the parents, like, look, your kids got to be independent by the time they get back. So no more checking over 
their shoulder. No more hanging out on the, the WebEx meetings. You know, just let them struggle for themselves because they've had five months of not really struggling. You know, it's either mom or dad's kind of close by or, you know, helping them out a little bit. And so the, the teachers really kind of, I, I, can, I can sense her anxiety about all these kids coming back in the classroom and just not having any sort of like wherewithal to count how to fix a problem. Right. Very true. I mean, so they're seeing probably, a lot of that. yeah, getting ready for the parents to come down and, and try to, you know, maybe volunteer a little bit more because that's hard for you as a parent too. You're not going to be there to see your kids progressing and they're going to come home with a tough day of school. And you're like, wait a minute. Yeah. I didn't see this before. Yeah. Don't get don't get me wrong. It's going to be easy to let go of my kids, homeschooling. <laughs> but at the same time, you know, they, we always want the best for our kids. So it's almost like we're doing the work for them or helping them out sooner than we should. They need to struggle, right? And that's what the teacher is basically saying. Right. So this week we had our episode with Casey that released on Tuesday. What did you guys pick out of that episode, Brian? He he helped you out a lot with your swing. What did you take away from Casey's episode? He helped me. Um, I don't know if I've put that into practice yet, but I've definitely um, tried and um, it's a completely different feeling. Uh, he told me to stand straight up as opposed to everything I've heard up to this point is the athletic position, right? Getting down. And so I'm, I'm working through it. We'll see. Like it's, it's, I've hit a couple times in the garage. I, I can't really tell hitting the net like trajectory or, you know, anything like that, but it feels solid when I, as soon as I got used to standing straight up, um, I, I feel like I was making better contact with the ball. So it's, it's all feel right now. I'll see what happens when, um, you know, we get back out on the course, which will be a while for me. But, um, at the same time, I'll, I'll get that muscle memory and we'll get it in. Um, what I enjoy with Casey though, um, was really his approach to course management and, um, you know, playing in from, you know, just that idea of playing from the green back to the tee box and setting yourself up for success that way, as well as his mental shift that he explained with, you know, just saying, you know, I have no real control. I think he said it was, you're going to be 99% bad at golf. <laughs> so almost just kind of like accept the results that you're not going to be perfect every time. And once you do that, you're going to get over bad shots. You're going to, you know, not put so much pressure on yourself. So, um, I, I really enjoyed that part of Casey's talk more than going over my swing. I think, <laughs> I think that was a little, <laughs> a, a little unnerving right now. I, I, I got to book some more sessions with them though, just to, just to get some follow up to see see if I'm doing it right. Yeah. I, w- I was disappointed, uh, Brian. I wanted, I wanted to see a grown man cry in the, in you. Yeah. I, I really did. <laughs> I know. Um, you know, he picked I one know. or two points You're and so, like every you, good coach, he doesn't want to <laughs> overwhelm you, but I, I kind of wanted him to just to get in your head a little bit. I'm ready such, to play with Brian Such a again. good friend. Such a good friend. All I, both of you guys. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm ready to play with you both. again because no matter how straight you're standing next time we play, I'm going to tell you, hey, you got to stand up straighter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, posture um, and balance, Brian. Come on, posture and balance. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to end up leaning backwards at some point because you guys keep telling me to stand up straight. Yeah, Casey put it in perspective when he said he talked about putting and we don't know pressure until you're putting and that, that may be rent or not. That for me, mm-hmm. yeah, changed mm-hmm. my aspect on putting. Like, I might yeah. lose a dollar on this putt. <laughs> and, and, and for you, Jared, that's big money. I mean, you're that's used to playing for nickels, so right, it's huge. That's big, right? So let's really, it'd be more a quarter. Yeah, and I, I, what I took from it too was just his like commitment this year, the COVID year, just to kind of really figuring out his own swing. 
and it, and you know kudos to him it sounds like he hasn't had the traditional kind of golf experience you know through his college years and and maybe even a little bit before that so for him to kind of find this type of you know upper game on his own and actually use this time to kind of figure out what what works with the swing is pretty important i and that's what i'm trying to do this year too is just kind of figure out why my my pull hook is there and then why the next day my slice is there you know kind of figuring out how to adjust that and i think through this year i've kind of picked up a little bit here and there to be able to improve upon that so jared um we were talking outside of this episode and you said you tried to straighten up your swing how'd that go man like you you were out on the course yeah, it was great. I topped it a couple times because that's such a different feel. But just like you said, I, I kind of had to step away and, and just keep working at it. And it, it worked. I felt great. I really did. I felt a lot more comfortable over the ball. Uh, I hit it smoother. I think I, I don't know if I lost distance. It's hard to tell because it's winter golf, but I felt better striking it. So, and, and you know, I want to tell you guys this week I was watching Tiger. That's out now. And no spoilers, but I do want to say with that, there's two things with Tiger. One, I forgot in his prime how extremely talented that guy was. And, I mean, I remember watching that. Mm. But even as a kid, when he was, you know, Stanford days, that guy, wow. And I, I'm amazed at how much he blocked out. Seeing the crowds, I would have killed somebody hitting into some of those crowds he was playing. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Some of the shots out of the gallery that are just like, you know, 10, 10 yards off, you know, yes. the, the, the boundary line. He's just like knocking within like a four foot window. I people. paused it told my wife, I was like, I would, I would just, somebody would die right here. Yeah. I, I, there's no way it's getting out of that gallery. Yeah. <laughs> the other part is his dad. I mean, his dad took it to the max for the ultimate sacrifice for Tiger. I mean, I, he doesn't comment on any of it. And I wish he did because that relationship seems strong, but very complicated. So no spoilers, but if you haven't seen Tiger yet, man, he's talented. And that is an interesting father-son relationship with golf. I'll tell you what. Yeah. I mean, so here's a question for you, Jared. I mean, if you, if it's, if parenthood like that starts tomorrow, would you, would you change and do it like Earl? Ooh, um, to get, do you get the hundred million? Yeah. Do you get get the the hundred million? No. The top player, the Annika Sorenstam, if you will, of, of. LPGA. Uh, you have to see what the way things that, you know, go looking back at some of those interviews with Earl to really put that in. If you haven't seen it, you got to watch, you know, the way he speaks of Tiger. I mean, it's a father that loves their kid, but that that is some asking your kid to really block out a lot. So watching the um, tournament where Tiger played with his son, Charlie, um, do you think that relationship is different? Do you think Tiger's learned from maybe Earl's mistakes or maybe some, some tension that was there with, with his dad? I think he'd have to, right? I, I think he's got to know that he's just, he's got different, different circumstances for sure. Um, difference that, and then the money and the, the environment and, and what Charlie has brought up. I mean, Charlie's going to have a ton of pressure. He already does. He's playing out there with these pros. I, I think it has to be different on some level, but it's hard to say. I mean, a lot of this seems like I didn't remember a lot of this when Tiger's dad back when he was in his prime. Yeah. And I think, you know, that's, this is kind of the first time we've seen like uh, a superstar's kid be on a superstar level projection. Right. I mean, like you've got the MJs that we grew up with, Michael Jordan, you know, he had some sons that played here and there in college, but they weren't like, 
you know, maybe it's just today's times as far as social media and just the exposure, but you didn't get to see that projection like as early as you are with Charlie. And, mm-hmm. you know, maybe Bronny and LeBron, that's still yet to be seen. But, I mean, that's the first time we've seen a superstar son projection start like this. So it'll be interesting to watch. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, mean, Charlie's swing is fantastic, though. Oh, yeah. It is. And let's not, let's not forget John Daly's son was out there. But John Daly had a different career than Tiger for sure, you know, like and especially off the course issues and things like that. I mean, I guess they they both had their issues off the course and, and, and with fatherhood and and things like that. And so to see kind of both of them come back and bring their sons to a tournament, I, I thought it was, it was, it was good. I mean, it's, it's exactly what I try to do as a father is, you know, I don't want to say this because my dad was great, but you know, we had our issues and, and I just want to learn from those issues and, and, and be better or, or, you know, not make the same mistakes that my dad will even tell me he made (laughs) with me growing up. Right. And so I'm sure both those guys are looking at their sons, um, you know, kind of following their footsteps and and thinking the same way. So just trying to guide them in a better direction than what they had, which for both of them was, was pretty good. Like my daughter will say one day I took the Google away from her and she hated it. It went down. Yeah. yeah, And next week we sit down, we got a great interview. We're going to dive in with some really cool people. We're going to sit down with Randy Zuckerberg and her dad, and you can go Google her. She's kind of a big deal. And she's got some great insight because she's just learned the game of golf. So really excited to sit down with her. Um, and what her dad brings because uh, we've never talked to either of them. So sitting down with Randy and Edward, it's going to be a good one. I think so. I'm, I'm interested to see how, how it plays out with, um, you know, dad and, and daughter and, and you know, what that relationship was like getting into golf because she did learn golf later, but he's always been into golf, right, Jared? Yes. I think he's like, yeah. uh, he's like us, a career golfer, career average yeah. golfer, amateur guy. Yeah, I mean that's that's something I'm interested to hear about. Just how you know he's reconnected with his daughter through golf, right? In her adult years. I mean that's kind of what we're our goal of this show is, right? Is to get our mm-hmm. our kids into playing for a lifetime and being able to enjoy that with them. So I'm curious to hear how this all kind of transpired through through dads. All right. Well, that episode will air on Tuesday. And dads, we need your help building our community. So write a review on iTunes with your best dad joke. Hit us with your best shot, and we'll give you a shout out. You just listen for free. Now here's the deal. Go to our website at birdiedads.com and join us. You will get our golf starters guide and our golf coloring book for kids free right now by signing up. It just takes an email. Thanks for hanging out with us and we'll see you next time.